I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 123 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvolution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch. Let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show. Please do get in touch. Guys, we have made it week one in the books. Hopefully you're still with us. It's been a crazy ride so far and it's only going to get better. It is officially the one year anniversary of the show, which is super awesome as well. So week one in the books. First year of the show in the books. And to celebrate, I brought on none other than Pat Fitzmorris, return guest at Fitz underscore FF on Twitter, the managing editor at Fantasy Pro, managing editor over at Fantasy Pros, as well as host of the Fitz on Fantasy podcast, multiple time guest, super duper bad A analyst, amazing dude, the fist magic of fantasy. As I say, uh, women want him, men want to be him. Oh, don't tell my wife that uh, other women actually want me having a, but she knows that's not actually true. Uh, great to see you again, my friend. And uh, I am honored to kick off the second season of this show, which is a terrific show that I uh, dig even if I'm not the guest. So um, yeah, congrats, buddy. Great first year. And here's to, uh, here's to number two. Yeah, thank you, man. Like, I really appreciate you taking the time to hop on. Uh, it's always a good time when we get to chat, even though my Vikings did absolutely chin your Packers there uh, week one. We'll not, you know, we'll not linger over it. But I mean, if you want to do a school chant in the middle of the thing or anything, I, I understand, you know, so uh, it's all good. I am excited. Guys, before we kick off again, just quick, quick, quick reminder as a just celebration of the one year anniversary of the show, I am doing a giveaway. If you go on to Apple Podcasts, drop a five star rating, um, do just Take a screenshot of that, drop it over to me on Twitter or through email, and you'll be entered to win a one-year subscription to the Dynasty GM tool through Dynasty Nerds. It is a super awesome tool. Uh, it's worth about $50. It is uh, usually just like a monthly subscription thing. I'll pay for a whole year. I'm going to draw the winner in the next couple of weeks. Get those entries in. It is an awesome, awesome little tool. It'll make you better Dynasty player. And the reviews, I mean, come on, it'll help me as well. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win. We love to see it. Guys, we have so much to get into, but before we dive in there pat anything new and exciting with you i know you've been killing it over on fantasy pros as always love reading your work um love all the stuff that you're involved with and obviously fits on fantasy is a great podcast which you know humble brag i've been on before no big deal um how's everything going any big new exciting information for this upcoming season as far as fantasy as far as content yeah nothing super new it's just the transition from the preseason to the regular season still uh you know like the shock of, of diving into the the cold pool off the high dive for the first time like i'm uh coming up after week one surfacing gasping for breath but uh it's all good evan and i guess the main new thing i'm doing a weekly fantasy uh rankings and tiers column so i've always had the rankings up people can always check those but um with this article trying to add a little bit of color 
to the black and white rankings and let people know what I'm thinking on some of these guys. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about the actionable advice and letting people see how the quote unquote, how the sausage is made. Um, so it's always good to get a peek behind the curtains and kind of get into the brain there, especially of a genius like the Fitzmagic of fantasy. Guys, we got so much to get into. There's so much to dive into for week two, get you ready for those matchups. But before we can move on, we do have to pay homage to, you know, the past. An honorable hatchet man does not lie. A hatchet man. Ran up behind him with a hatchet. Smash, smash, smash. Anyone can carry a hatchet, even a liar. I love that drop. I love the segment. I'm so excited. I mean, as much as it pains me, it brings me, I'm not going to lie, it brings me a little bit of joy every week knowing that I get to use that drop and talk about a hatchet man because you can't let go of week one and your losses and the pain without just having a little rant now and then. So hatchet man of the week, who is somebody, I'll let guests go first here, Pat, who is somebody that just absolutely crushed your soul, tanked your week and, uh, you know, just deserves to be put on blast a little bit here. By the way, not only the drop, Evan, but also the picture. Is that uh, Bill Belichick's son? Is that Steve Belichick? Yeah, yeah just yeah. classic. The the uh, epic mullet for Steve uh, Belichick. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, for me, it was DK Metcalf. Like, I lost two really close dynasty games where um, just a little something more for Metcalf would have helped. Seven catches on seven targets. Uh, I guess you don't mind the seven catches, but 36 yards, 5.1 yards per catch. Um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really that scared about Geno Smith and what he might do to DK Metcalf's value. Uh, it's not like Geno can't throw a spiral. And last year in three and a half games with Geno as his quarterback, DK Metcalf caught four touchdowns. So I was still optimistic. I thought people were drafting him, uh, you know, way too low in redraft. And, uh, you know, it didn't really affect the, the way I estimated his value in dynasty but um yeah that kind of hurt my only consolation was that in a redraft league in the uh uh one of the fantasy pros company leagues i won by less than a point when my uh seahawks loving opponent uh had that dk metcalf fumble in the second half on monday night that wound up costing him the game so he's kind of a hatchman, but also a savior. He kind of redeemed himself a little bit there. The fantasy yes. gods giveth and the fantasy gods taketh away. Exactly. Um, I'm going to give you a little two-pack here because the more I've thought about it, so my initial take and my initial name, and I'm still going to stick with it, is Kadarius Tony. Right, but the more I thought about it, the more I feel like some of the blame, some of the hatchetry, surely must fall at the door of Brian Dable, because. I think we can all agree Kadarius Tony is an incredibly talented player. He is dynamite with the ball in his hands. He looks awesome. And all word on the street all that week was that he's ready to go. He's over his issues. He's got no soft tissue, you know, muscular injuries. He's ready to rock. So I was not only did I not only did I play him everywhere I had him, but I even put him in my article. I do a flex article each week for Dynasty Nerds talking about like a player that's outside of the top sort of 36 that you could throw in your flex and you know be excited about. Not only so not only do I do all that, he gets like seven snaps. He plays like seven snaps the entire game, doesn't get a single target. He only touches the ball, I believe, twice, but both times he looks amazing. He comes on, they give him a handoff, he's breaking tackles, breaking ankles, getting 10, 12, 15 yards. I mean, what is going on? It's clear that Brian Dable has some sort of grudge or or, or like he beef with him or he's, he's falling out, he's in the doghouse, he's pulling some kind of shenanigans like this. I'm not having it. 
is not good enough. He is an absolute hatchet man. I literally started him in one of my lineups. Listen to this. Started him in one of, in a in a week one matchup in a league with a bunch of UK content creators. I lost that league by I kid you not, point three one points. Literally, yes. if he had done anything, if he had got it's a PPR league. If he'd have got one catch, he would have won me the week. I need those wins. I need every single win. You can't take any wins for granted. So, yes, Brian Dable, you are a hatchet man. Kadarius Tony, sadly, you are a hatchet man as well. You will be on my bench until further notice. So, I don't know about you. I feel a little bit better. I got that off my chest. I'm sure many, many people um, feel the same way about Kadarius Tony. Um, but you, you know what? We just we need to move on. We're going to look to brighter, brighter futures and, um, and happier times this week in week two. Spilling the tea. Getting ready for these week two matchups. We do need to run through some news and notes. There's a lot has happened already in week one. I would have I would have liked to seen at least a couple weeks to get us ready for this. Like give us two or three weeks of like healthy players. Like, please, can we have that? But no, no, of course we can't. First and foremost, um, I'm not going in any particular order. I'm just running through sort of the most significant. I'm gonna run through this list here of the most important news and notes as far as I see it. And then I'm gonna throw to my esteemed guest here um, to get his magical wisdom. The Fitz Magic of Fantasy is gonna weigh in and tell us what we need to know here. Unfortunately, Dak Prescott injured his thumb. He is going to need surgery. Um, now, there seems to be some sort of confusion over initially. It was like he's going on IR. He's going to miss six to eight weeks. This is a nightmare. Then all of a sudden, Jerry Jones, of course, is coming out and being like, well, maybe I'm not going to put him on IR. Maybe he's only going to miss three or four weeks. So it sounds like a bit of a nightmare. I am not excited about this. We all saw how this went last year with Russ when he got injured with his hand and then they tried to rush him back. He just wasn't himself all season. I am concerned, to say the least. Elijah Mitchell the uh, unsung hero of last year who took the world by storm and was an absolute dog for the San Francisco 49ers sprained his MCL in week one. He's likely to miss around two months. So that, sucks uh, for those of you who kept the faith with Elijah Mitchell Mac Jones was suffering from back spasms apparently but he should be good to go this week there was some concern there um, they weren't sure exactly what was going on with his back but I've heard that's not too big of an issue at least as far as we know Chris Godwin which this is really frustrating for us Chris Godwin managers he was just coming back off that horrible injury obviously things were going really well they decided to put him in the game you know week one which they didn't need to they were smashing the Cowboys it never really was much of a game and it looks like he's picked up a hamstring injury so great soft tissue injury just what we wanted right at the start of the season it could he could miss a couple of weeks here and as we all know with soft tissue injuries they can linger they can reoccur especially when he's just coming off this injury so I am a bit a bit concerned to say the least about his season now. Um, and Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen left with an injured hamstring. Now his was apparently fairly minor. He is considered week to week. I haven't heard anything today. I mean, there was some some thought that you know he might try to make it out for tomorrow. I don't think he will. I think he'll give it a miss and try and just give himself an extra week to recover. Um, but hopefully, fingers crossed, he's able to um, to come back. You know, because again, he's just an absolute stud when he is playing. Wandale Robinson is considered day to day with a knee injury, so that's unfortunate. We were all excited to see this um, rookie phenom and what he could do in that Giants offense. Najee Harris. This is another interesting one. I'm going to get Pat's take on this in a minute. Najee Harris. So. Is reportedly 
Okay, so, well, there's a lot of reporting going on here, and I'm not sure what which of it is smoke and mirrors and which of it is genuine news. Um, he did have to leave the game at one point. There was concerns about his his foot, his ankle. We knew that he had had some sort of Liz Frank injury throughout the offseason. Um, now, apparently they've said he did not re-aggravate the Liz Frank injury, and but he's considered day-to-day. They expect him to probably play or be able to play. I do think that has some implications for us for this season. Um, T. Higgins left with a concussion, so he's in the concussion protocol. He could miss week two. We don't know. We have to see how he progresses throughout the week. If he's able to clear the protocols or not, we really can't put a time frame on that, so we don't know yet, but hopefully nothing too serious. And then the last piece of here, it's not, a, it's not an injury news. It's just something I want to get uh, Pat's take on here. There have been reports coming out of the Steelers camp that Mike Tomlin does reportedly want to sit Kenny Pickett for the entire year. Again, don't know how much of that is legit or how much that's just hearsay, but I'm curious to hear Pat's uh, take on it. So Pat, throw to you, what are your thoughts on this Kenny Pickett thing? Do you believe that he wants to sit Kenny Pickett for the entire year? Um, And also what other bits of that injury kind of mishmash of stuff? Is there anything that you want to pull out and just talk about maybe from a dynasty perspective you think is really kind of impactful for us? Sure. Um, I would not be surprised it, like if Mitch Trubisky plays well, I, I could see him uh, holding that job all year. Um, although like it's not the thing is, Evan, like Pickett is not a young prospect. If anything, he is an overaged prospect. So it's it's not like he's unseasoned like, say, Trey Lance was last year or even Patrick Mahomes uh, coming out of college when he sat a year. So I I don't know what you really gain as far as that goes. It might just be a lot of noise. I mean, it might just be Tomlin trying to uh, instill confidence in his, in his starting quarterback. So um, that's just kind of my guess on it. I'm not really paying too much attention to that. Uh, I'm definitely paying a lot of attention to the injury to Najee Harris, like him having this Liz Frank sprain or whatever in the preseason. Now he gets uh, his foot rolled up in week one. Um, this is a guy who just had enormous uh, touch volume as a rookie and like starting the season hurts like this. Um, and one guy, I mean, I know there's a lot of speculation about who the beneficiary is going to be there. And is it Jalen Warren? What about Chase Claypool? I mean, he had six carries in week one, and he had two touchdown runs in his rookie season um, in 2020. Is it possible we see him play sort of a modified Debo Samuel type of role for the Steelers and really boost his value that way? Like, it wouldn't shock me on a a team where they have kind of shown that they don't really love uh, any of the running backs they had, at least until Jalen Warren came along, and who knows how Jalen Warren is going to play. So um, I'm kind of interested in Claypool more so as a result of this Najee Harris injury. And um, man, I'm just like, I'm not invested in Najee Harris in very many places. I think I maybe have him in like one league and I'm, I'm kind of glad for that because I just don't like the way his season is starting on such an ominous note. Yeah, I really like that. That's a great call because I noticed when I was watching the Steelers game, it's like they were making, they were making it a, uh, a point to get 
Claypool involved. You know, they were going out of their way to find ways to get him involved, um, which is really interesting to see because we know he's a freak athlete. Um, he just hasn't really lived up to that potential these last couple of years. So, yeah, it's a really good point. And do you think Jalen Warren, absolutely, if he's on your waiver wire, pick him up? You don't know because historically we know Tomlin loves to use like a bell cow. When Lev Bell decided to sit out that year, he gave the whole workload to James Conner, and that worked out really well. So, I mean, there is a history there of him using bell cow. So it, it very well could be, you know, something like a Claypool hybrid with Warren and some other guys getting mixed in, but Warren seems to be hopefully the next man up. So we're going to move on here and start talking about some of our favorite starts or sits of the week, getting you ready for those week two matchups. Employee of the week. I am excited to bring this back. This is something I really enjoyed last year. So employee of the week, we have two little segments here. We've got Bus Mart and Studs Are Us. So Bus Mart, obviously, we're talking about somebody that people are hyping up. People are excited to throw in their lineup. And we're sort of saying, you know what? pump the brakes let's just calm down a little bit in some senses we might be saying don't start them at all and others we might just say manage expectations uh so who do you have for us who's a, who's a name that you're going to throw out for bus smart somebody that might be a surprising name but you have your reasons mike evans he has struggled against the saints over the last three years um over that span he has played them seven times including in a playoff game averaging 1.9 catches 28.6 yards and uh, 0.4 touchdowns. He has managed to catch three TD passes in those seven games, but Marshawn Lattimore has pretty much locked down Evans in those matchups. And in those seven games, Evan, uh, the last seven Buccaneers-Saints meetings, he has a zero-catch game and three one-catch games and uh, then also two-catch games. He's never topped 70 yards, his best yardage games in those seven uh, games 69 and 64 so like he has had a lot of uh, a lot of eggs laid against the Saints in the last three years and I don't know if that changes this year so I'm kind of fading Evans a little bit this week I think you've got to start him if you've got him uh, you know like he's he's not a guy you can just outright bench but um probably not in line to have a smash game this week yeah those are so frustrating when those happen i was I literally see this is why pat is such a pro he this is why they pay him the big bucks because i was literally about to say are you starting him and then he answered my question before i even had a chance to ask it yes absolutely that is scary times i'm actually going to bring up a very similar name, somebody that you probably can't afford to sit, but somebody who I am certainly not excited to start, and that is C.D. Lamb. Now, that probably sounds like sacrilege to most Dynasty players. C.D. Lamb is a fantasy darling. I think a lot of times, for a lot of people, we came into this season, um, people had him as high as like wide receiver three in their Dynasty rankings. Absolutely in love with the guy. I'm just... I'm I am majorly pumping the brakes. We know Dak is out. We know that's never a good thing. It looks like it is Cooper Rush at the moment. You know, it's <laughs> there's probably a reason why not a lot of people know about Cooper Rush. I don't think he's going to be the next, you know, Dak Prescott or anything like that. Just come and take the world by storm. Even last week, you know, Dak was in there for a lot of the game. Then when he goes out, um, you know, and Cooper Rush comes in. Oh, CD Lamb had 11 targets. That's awesome. You think, well, that's great. That's what, what more could you ask for? 11 targets is fantastic. He was two for 11 with 4.9 PPR points in week one. Um, now, granted, you know, the Bucks are very good defense, but the problem is since he's a pretty good defense as well, and they're going to game plan for this all week. They don't really, they're not, who are the, who else are they going to be afraid of? You know, Dalton Schultz um, and CD lamb. I mean, that's pretty much all they've got to focus on and just, 
keeping the the defense strong on against the run. I mean, again, very small sample size, but week one in the books, you know, the Cowboys were 32nd in DVOA, which there's only 32 teams in the league. It's not a good place to be in DVOA. Again, if you don't know, it's uh, defense adjusted value over average. So it's just saying like, look, here's what we're expecting from an average NFL team based on where you were, the down and distance, the play, you know, who you're playing, all that kind of stuff. They ranked last dead last. That's not good. Cincinnati was top 12 in DVOA defensively last week in a very tough opening week uh, matchup. They only allowed 192, you know, passing yards and and one touchdown to Mitchell Trubisky. I'm pretty sure Mitchell Trubisky is a better quarterback than Cooper Rush at this point. Um, I just, man, I really don't. I'm not not excited to start CD Lamb. I would even go so far as to like if you can afford it, if you've got a really stacked, if you're one of those teams that's just been loading, you know, stacking players and you've got really great options, I might even completely pivot off him. But I'm certainly, I understand for a lot of people, especially redraft, you can't afford that. You're going to have to play him. You probably took him in the top two or three, four rounds. Um, but man, I'm I'm expecting low end wide receiver two, wide receiver three numbers. Um, it's always possible. He's a talented guy. Maybe there's a busted coverage and he has a big play, something like that, but I'm not excited. I will throw out one other quick guy that's more realistic that probably Probably people might be hyped on OJ Howard. Everyone's excited. He was like a top three tight end last week or whatever. Caught two touchdowns. It was fantastic. Everybody's loving it. You know, fantasy darling, dynasty darling for years now. I would pump the brakes. I would absolutely not start OJ Howard unless you're absolutely 100% desperate. He only had, I believe, two targets and had two touchdowns <laughs> on his two targets. Um, I, I don't expect that to happen. So, you know, I would absolutely pump the brakes and not throw him in your lineup unless, like I said, you're absolutely, you have no other options, in which case that's sad news when it's week two. Um, sad, sad news. So we've talked about the negative. We've talked about the de- depressing news. Uh, hopefully you're still with us. I know everyone's probably crying. They've got their Kleenex, but we're going to move on. We're going to talk about studs are us, a much happier conversation, a much more fun conversation. Studs are us. It is a place where we pluck out these little diamonds off of the waiver wire, maybe, or off of our benches, low end flex considerations that we think, you know what? They're going to smash this week. They're going to have a top 24 week, maybe even top 12 if they're like a tight end or something. Who's somebody that you think everyone's down on and maybe had a bad week one, but you are expecting a big rebound from Pat? Brandon Ayuk is one. Um, and passing conditions were just simply not good in Chicago on Sunday, Evan. I know you're no stranger to rain where you are, uh, but I live here in the Chicago area, and I can attest that it was a torrential downpour throughout that game. And uh, actually, I'm frankly surprised the Soldier Field uh, surface, notoriously bad, held up as well as it did that game. But it was not going to be a banner day for the the pass catchers or the quarterbacks in that game. So I think uh, they're going to get better weather, hopefully, in San Francisco this week when they play Seattle. Uh, Seattle's young cornerbacks are, are a weakness, I think. And uh, I'm, I'm surprised Russell Wilson and the Broncos didn't test them a little bit more with Sutton and Judy on Monday night. Um, and like presumably... We're not going to see George Kittle back. I, I would be surprised if he returned for week two. And I also think that we're probably going to see more of Debo Samuel at running back with Elijah Mitchell out of the game. So that could leave Ayuk as the uh, number one target for Trey Lance. I know Lance's passing ability is still an open question in the minds of a lot of people. But, um, you know, I, I think this is just a really good spot for Ayuk. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who's going to be a borderline start sit for a lot of people. 
I would err on the side of starting him. I am certainly happy to hear that because I have a few shares myself, and it was a very disappointing week one for sure. I think I actually did sit him a couple places because, like you said, when when those weather warnings were coming out, it was just like, man, this is not good. It's not going to be good for anybody. So absolutely love that. I'm actually going with Curtis Samuel here. So he comes in as wide receiver 57 at the moment, currently on Fantasy Pro's expert consensus rankings, so well outside of your normal flex considerations. But I do want to point out a couple of things here. He was wide receiver 13 in week one. So just outside of being a top 12 wide receiver in PPR leagues, he led the commanders with 11 targets. So that's, I, I again, I'm not into and I'm not interested in it. And I try to avoid chasing points, chasing touchdowns from last week because that's a dangerous game. Pat, I know I've heard you give that advice a lot of times on Twitter as well. But I do chase volume. If he's getting 11 targets, he's leading the team in targets. I like that. And let's not forget Curtis Samuel. You know, he was picked by Rivera to come here. He Rivera paid a lot of money for him to come here. He wanted him here. Much like Chase Claypool, like you mentioned earlier, there he had four or five rushing attempts. They're finding ways to get him involved in this offense in a Debo-esque type role. Uh, short A dot, which is Carson Wentz's specialty. Like, they absolutely love this guy. Now, I think everyone's getting excited about Jahan Dotson, and rightfully so. He's a stud. I love Jahan Dotson, but he just managed to get the two touchdowns. If, you know, I think if Curtis Samuel had the two touchdowns, everybody would be freaking out about him. I think there's a lot of, a lot of people have been snake bit by Curtis Samuel the last couple of years. Last year, he was basically unusable the entire year, but he is a talented guy. There's a 49 point over under from Vegas coming into this game against Detroit. That's great. Almost 50 points so that they're assuming 25, 30 points, you know, for each team. Love to see that um, Detroit. Detroit is the kind of team that I think is scrappy. We saw that last week. It felt like Philadelphia was just running away with the game. But at the end of the game, they only won by three points. I don't think Detroit is just going to lay down and, and just let them walk over them and they can just run the ball and do what they want. I think that I think that Detroit will fight. I don't think they have a particularly good defense. They were 28th in defensive DVOA last, last week and 25th in passing DVOA. So I think Carson Wentz will be able to pass against them. I think he'll need to. I think they have a, uh, the Detroit Lions have a strong run game. They've got plenty of weapons. I'm in Ross St. Brown. Um, you know, they should be able to make this a game for sure. And I could even imagine it being like a an ugly shootout. <laughs> Jared Goff, Carson Wentz shootout. Just what we want for fantasy. So I am I am absolutely locking Curtis Samuel into my flex spot and expecting some big things. I'm not necessarily expecting wide receiver one numbers, but I'm expecting him to be a solid contributor this week against the Detroit Lions. Now, I do have another little segment here we're going to hit. It's under the sort of same banner. Don't have a drop for it yet, but it's let's ride in honor of Russell Wilson or let's hide. We want to run away from this game matchup or we want to embrace it and get as many pieces as possible. So guess first, do you have a couple games for us that you want to highlight as maybe either games that we want to embrace and we want to let's ride with these games or do we want to hide from them and try and get those players on our benches, Pat? All right, let's get the let's hide game out of the way, Evan. And I know I just touted Brandon Ayuk, but in general, I'm trying to stay away from the 49ers. Uh, Seahawks game has a very low over under 42 and a half points, one of the lowest on the week. Um, how do the 49ers divide carries with Elijah Mitchell out? I think we know Debo Samuel is going to get a lot of those. So you're starting Debo and Ayuk, but I, I think you're maybe waiting for a show-me game from Trey Lance if you have another option at quarterback. And I don't know that I really want to wade into this backfield uh, just yet. Like, I think Debo's going to get his. 
I don't know if Jeff Wilson gets enough work to make him a viable fantasy start, even though I know a lot of people spent a lot of money on him in leagues this week. Uh, we don't know what sort of roles Jordan Mason or Tyrion Davis-Price might have. Um, Marlon Mack just signed to the practice squad, lurking. Don't expect him to be active for this one, but could be soon. So um, I'm, I'm kind of staying away from everyone except the 49ers wide receivers on the uh, San Francisco side and on the Seattle side. Very depressing, as we talked about with DK Metcalf, that uh, you know he couldn't really get anything going other than a lot of little short catches. I think Tyler Lockett had one nice gain early, but he was largely invisible. Um, the tight ends, they used all of them. You can't start a Seattle tight end. Um, Ken Walker coming back now to complicate the value over Shad Penny. Like... Uh, other than those 49ers receivers, I just kind of want to avoid this game as much as I can. Sorry, I forgot about the uh, let's ride. Um, obvious one here. I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit, though, Evan, with, with Chargers Chiefs. I mean, 54.5 point total. Uh, I just want, like, as many pieces of this game as I can get. Obviously, Mahomes and Herbert. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start MVS. I'll start Juju. I'll start uh, Mike Williams, who I think is due for a nice bounce back this week um ceh austin eckler travis kelsey gerald everett just get everyone in from this game <laughs> just get them all in the yeah lineup. we saw two chiefs chargers games last year 54 points in both of them so this 54 and a half point total seems pretty reasonable uh i think it's going to be another very fun game absolutely well because i don't have a drop i'll just do my best impression let's ride so that's your let's ride. My let's hide game is the Pats Steelers. So it's only a 40.5 over under, which is yuck. Uh, the Pats offense just looked awful and gross last week against the Dolphins. The Steelers defense looked great. So those pain, the pain, the, the absolute just eye gougingly awful um, mess could continue. Again, we've already touched on it. Najee potentially beat up. Their offensive line looks terrible. The Steelers, that is. Um, I would say, honestly, the only player I'm really probably wanting to start in my lineups is Deontay Johnson from this entire game. I'm not confident uh, in Ramondre or Damian Harris, especially against that Steelers defense. I'm not confident in any of the pass catchers for the Patriots. And yes, I'm excited by potentially what we're seeing from Claypool, but it wasn't enough to make me be like, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to force them in my lineups. Najee, you may have to start because you, you know, you're pot committed, especially if he's active, but that's a bit scary going up against the Patriots. So that's my let's hide. Uh, my let's ride is against the, it's actually the Colts Jags. I'm excited about this game. It's a 47 point over under both defenses were kind of middle of the pack last week, 13th and 21st in DVOA. Both offenses have some fun options. Guys, I'm excited. I'm happy to start. Obviously, I'm definitely wanting to start Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor. I would be willing to flex Naeem Hines. Uh, Zay Jones, he had a lot of uh, targets last week. He's somebody that looks you know, very interesting, possibly uh, if you're in any sort of a deeper league, certainly a flex option. Christian Kirk, he looks great. Looks like somebody you're definitely going to want to start pretty much weekly. James Robinson looked awesome. Travis Etienne even, I'm willing to give a bye ball and throw him out there again, probably depending on my options. He had a goal line drop. He had a couple other things happen that could have easily had a much better week, something that we would be a lot more excited about. Let's not forget, this is his very first NFL game. He's pretty much like a rookie still. So let's have a little bit of patience there with him. But that's my let's ride game. And we are going to just, 
just hit a couple of questions that came in off of the tenternet. First question, everyone. Question. 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 I have a lot of questions. It's a ridiculous question. How dare you? This is so important, I should run to answer it. So first question here came in from... Now, I don't have a name. I just have a username. So apologies uh, is from MJC0810. He asks, Evan, would you make the below trade? And thankfully, he gave me a bit of context for it. That's really important when you're asking for like trade advice. Always try and give as much context as possible. It really helps us to be able to give you our opinion, our genuine opinion. So it's a 12 team, super flex, half PPR. And he's asking, should he trade away? Antonio Gibson and Chase Edmonds to receive Deontay Johnson. Now he also goes a little bit further and he says um, his current running backs, he has Javante Williams. He has JK Dobbins. He has James Connor. Um, he has James Robinson as well as Gibson and Edwards. So he's pretty stacked at running back. He's got a lot of running back depth um, and his wide receivers are CD lamb, AJ Brown, DJ Moore, Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson. And it's a three wide receiver, two running back with two flex spots. And he adds a little bit of context. He just says he's worried about lamb without Dak and also Allen um, being injured already. And a Rob, not having a great start to the season. So he's kind of feeling a bit nervous about his depth at wide receiver. Um, and, and then obviously he's got quite a lot of depth at his running back. He only has to start two running backs. So I'll throw to you, Pat, what are your thoughts on this? Give away Antonio Gibson, Chase Edmonds, get Deontay Johnson in a dynasty league. Would you, would you do that? I mean, does he have a lot of depth at running back, Evan? Cause I wonder like Javante Williams. Yes. Uh, he's going to be great. Although he hasn't maybe rested that job away from Melvin Gordon just yet. Dobbins coming off the knee injury, James Robinson coming off the Achilles, uh, you know, James Conner, a guy who's had some injury problems in the past. So I don't know if he's like tremendously deep at running back. I still like his receivers a lot. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb takes a value hit with the Dak injury, uh, but A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, uh, Keenan Allen, who hopefully isn't going to be out long, Allen Robinson, yeah, that remains to be seen, I guess. I don't know if Deontay Johnson is going to be the same sort of target monster he was with Ben Roethlisberger there. And 12 targets week one. He did get a lot of targets. Um, we'll, we'll see if that's the case every week. And, you know, George Pickens is maybe not going to be a thing. That could happen. I'm still optimistic about Pickens uh, getting involved too. But I like Antonio Gibson, Evan. And I've been like trying to talk him up even when the Brian Robinson hype was starting to get out of control in the offseason. Like, here's a guy who's as big and as fast as Jonathan Taylor and had double-digit touchdowns in each of his first two years in the league, has a background as a wide receiver, even though they don't always want to use him as a pass catcher. We saw in week one, he's really good at it. Uh, you know, if they ever decide they want to just kick J.D. McKissick to the curb, as they probably should, if we're being honest. Um so I like Gibson a lot, and Edmonds is the number one running back for Miami. And, like, you know, he's not that old. Gibson, by the way, only 24. So I still think he is a, a terrific dynasty asset. Um, personally, I would not make this trade. Okay. So my take on it would be, uh, now I'm looking at it as he only has to start two running backs. So if he's got Javante Williams, who he's probably going to try and start every week, um, J.K. Dobbins, if he comes back, James Conner, as long as he's healthy, he'll be starting. James Robinson looked great last week. So we kind of assume that, you know, hopefully he is back. Obviously that's an assumption, but if he's having to start three wide receivers at the moment, he's having to start CeeDee Lamb, which we're worried about. He gets to start A.J. Brown, which is awesome. D.J. Moore had a shaky week one, but should be okay. And that's the only three that he's really got to be able to start at the moment because Keenan Allen's injured. 
Allen Robinson you don't want to start until you can see something good from. Um, obviously, there's probably other bench pieces involved. Those are probably his primary pieces. I personally would lean towards, I mean, me personally, I'm usually light at running back anyways. I usually build through my wide receivers um, and quarterbacks, especially in super flex league. So I would be very interested in doing this deal, especially I think at this moment, because Gibson came out and played really well week one. And like you said, Edmonds looks like the dude there in Miami for now. I would probably be pushing to get a little bit something added with Deontay. I'd be kind of like, hey, you know, come on, you're getting two for one here. Deontay Johnson, he only had what was like 10 or 12 points in PPR league. It wasn't great last, you know, whatever. It wasn't amazing. If you could get a little bit of something added to the Deontay side, I would maybe be, I would be, um, I would be very interested in doing it. But um, obviously I can, those are valid points that you give as well about Gibson, you know, certainly being used. But my concern is just as if these guys keep coming on, Jahan Dotson, they've got Terry McLaurin, they've got, you know, Know, Curtis Samuel can take some rushes out of the backfield. They really like Brian Robinson. News is he could be back week four or five. I don't know if it's going to be as rosy as we want it to be for Antonio Gibson in the future. Um, but that would be my, I would, so I would lean towards doing it. If you can, especially if you get anything added on, if you can go and give him a sales pitch, look at how good Gibson was. Oh, Chase Edmonds is the dude. Get like a second added on or get a player that you like or something like that. Less uh, maybe a prospect added on something like that. I would be up for doing it. Um, but that would be my two cents worth. The other question was about Najee. We've talked about Najee a little bit. It came in from uh, Petar Petrovic. So thank you for the question at COPE4 on Twitter. His question was just simply trade Najee in Dino or redraft. I think he he kind of clarified that he's happy to, he's comfortable trying to trade him in redraft, but he's thinking, what are your thoughts in Dynasty? Are you trying to trade him? Are you holding um, and hoping for better things in the future? Uh, first of all, shout out to Petar, who is the commissioner of a league that I'm in. He invited uh, me and a few other analysts to join him and some of his friends. So we've got a league going. I uh, can't remember if I won in week one in that league or not. Hopefully so. Um yeah, if I can get a reasonable rate of return and if uh, he is not going at a discounted price these days due to the injury, um, and he probably isn't as a young back who got the sort of volume he did as a rookie, I would imagine that people are probably still paying something close to high, uh, full price for him. Yeah, I'd, I'd be looking to test the waters and see what Najee might bring in a trade because I'm just, I'm a little worried that this might be a disappointing season for him just with this uh, the, the non-healthy start, and we know during an NFL season, rarely do players get healthier as the season goes along. I agree. Yeah, that would be my my takeaway as well. The offensive line is horrible. Um, he's already like potentially banged up. It's not going to get better probably. And he wasn't overly efficient his rookie year even. It was just massive volume that we love to see. You love to see volume. But yeah, if I can pivot off him for full price, absolutely. I'd be excited to do that. If I can be, you know, I don't think you can, but if you can be pivoting to like a DeAndre Swift or, you know, someone like that, or even somebody who's quote unquote a little bit of a step down, but you're getting a plus, a nice size plus on there, I would be absolutely fine with that. Guys, we have been running through loads here. I don't want to keep Pat all night because he's a busy dude. We're just going to wrap it up here with a very special segment, very near and dear to my heart. Word of the week. So Pat has been so generous with his time. He has been enlightening and enriching our lives with knowledge about this amazing game that we play. So I'm going to do him a favor as well. I'm going to give him some knowledge about Northern Ireland, which obviously you love to see. So I'm going to give you a word of Northern Irish slang. I'm going to ask you to try and imagine what on earth we could use this word for. And I'll give you a hint. It's not what you think the word is used for. <laughs> and then uh, you try and use it in a sentence. Then I'll tell you what it actually means. Are you ready for this? Are you ready to play the game, Pat? 
I'm ready. So the word of the week is poke. That's P-O-K-E, poke. What do you think we use the word poke for? Um, I think it's some sort of, uh, I'm going to guess it's some sort of wagon. Uh, you know, we, we poked around our belongings in, uh, <laughs> from one place to another. <laughs> Very good. I, I see where you're going with that because you guys have like, do you got, like you guys use like cow poke or something like that? Don't you over there in the yes. States? So that's, that's kind of what came to my mind. Yeah. Poke for us is actually ice cream. Weirdly enough. Really? So we say, yeah, we're, we'll go for a poke. It means like you're going for an ice cream, like usually in a cone, but it could just be any kind of ice cream really. You're just like saying, yeah, we're going to go for a poke uh, down at the beach there. So it just means it's an ice cream. I have no idea where it comes from. I don't know why. It's crazy. But there you go. We're crazy people over here and that's what we do. So guys, thank you again to Pat. Pat, you're amazing. Thanks for stopping by. Check out Pat over on Twitter. Is there anything else you want to shout out or plug or anything before we go, Pat? I think that's it. Just check out fantasypros.com and fits on fantasy. And thanks again for having me, Evan. It's always a blast to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Great time. Guys, hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you smash your week two matchups. Always feel free to drop questions and definitely drop those ratings and reviews. Have a great week. Good luck. We will speak to you again soon. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass off a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really want to do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate.